purposes for entertainment in 2018. What a time to be alive! And now here are your titular tour guides, Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg. everybody. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. Allie and I are performers, and for a lot of years, we've been performing the internet live on stage, meaning we've been using the internet as our script in a show called Blogologues. So things like Yelp reviews or your favorite comment threads uh, in Reddit or something like that, we'd perform as characters uh, with different scenarios. Through that, we got introduced to a lot of different internet communities, different phenomena on the internet, um, and we decided to create a web series called Two Girls, One Show, where we would do a series of interviews with the people behind the posts and then go on scripted adventures. And from there, we distilled the interviews, and now we're just doing interviews on this here podcast, uh, brought to you by Daily Dot and our friend, Matt Silverman. <laughs> Welcome, Matt. Hey, uh, <laughs> don't, don't sell it short by just the interviews. Like, we have fun. Yeah. I shouldn't Wait, have said just. What? Just as a... I mean, just as a diminishing word yeah it's the interviews and then there's some trivia and then there's what we're all dying to know which is jennifer what's going on with the two men that you're dating (laughs) i can share no more secrets i don't think it would be fair at this point i am hopefully gonna have fourth dates fourth dates guys with both but i have no proper update on that okay okay because um you know just for our our listeners these episodes might come in a different order but i think it's already out that jen has gone on Three different dates with three different men. Sorry, two different men. No, I was just. <laughs> listen, I'm just. Men. Men. just yeah, Jen's on an episode of The Bachelorette. Bachelorette. Uh, that's um, just In breaking paradise. news. Yeah. Uh, no, Jen, I'm just hopeful for you. Like, if you've got two, why not three? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just thinking this- big. I'm thinking big. Also, yeah, you know well, how, like, when I, you catch a fish and then the fish gets bigger and bigger? That's what I'm doing for you. You're making. Am I the fish? Or, wait, I, what's think the, I think the, I don't get the men metaphor. are the fish. <laughs> you know, when someone goes fishing, it's like, I caught a fish, it was this big. And the next time he tells the story, it was like this big. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tall tales, fish yeah, stories. So, like, yeah. Jen's dating seven men, um, but she's been I'm on three <laughs> dates with each. And so, I guess the only update is you just have number four scheduled. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, like loosely scheduled, but it's it's gonna happen. I have faith, unless they listen to the podcast. I mean, it's definitely gonna week. happen, except that this I mean, update is just not that exciting. Like I was hoping this weekend, you went on date four and date four. No, you know what it is? It's not that helpful to my dating life. Although I do enjoy talking about it, but I don't. If they listen to this, I don't know if they'd be into it. But you know what I did do this weekend? What? You know what I did? I went to Bermuda. <laughs> oh yeah, I did know that you went to fucking Bermuda. <laughs> Tell Guys, us about I went it. to Bermuda, which is That's fucking crazy. expensive as fuck, which I, I knew, I knew getting into it, but it's, it, it feels like it's more expensive than New York City, but it's beautiful. I don't go in the ocean, and I want to tell you, I spent one hour just like treading water in the beautiful ocean. Wait, you don't <laughs> go in the ocean? Not that much. I don't like it when you can't see the bottom, but in Bermuda, you can see the bottom. You can, you can see, see the fishies. bottom. Yeah, yeah, you can. You can. So you did something crazy this one time. I, I thought about you and scuba diving when we went to Key Largo together oh, to mm-hmm. teach a workshop and you planned the exact timing to be right that you could do a night dive because you have yeah. to let the listeners know. If they, I didn't know this, but apparently there are restrictions with flying and diving. Yeah, you can't fly within a certain number of hours. At the moment, I forget if it's 12 or 24. I think it's 24. And so there was like only, there were like two, po- there there's literally a two hour window. Because <laughs> we were only there for the weekend. There was like a two hour window where I could go diving. And so I found a <laughs> night dive in that exact window because I was fucking serious about it. You left me in the hotel room. You were like, Jen, I'm, I'm going to go on this night dive. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I warned you. You knew that I was, that I was yeah. researching. No, I knew. I was Not just only worried, did you know but- I was researching, I think I talked about it for like weeks. I was like, we're going to Key Largo and I'm going to figure out how to dive <laughs> for like the, the time end- constraints. Yeah. How, how was it? Because in my memory, you said it like wasn't quite as cool as you thought it was going to be. But yeah, me. so I love scuba diving, but I love daytime dives. I mean, I've only ever done one night dive, so maybe it would grow on me. But the thing, okay, there are things that are really cool about a night dive. So first of all, you can just like wave your hands around and things light up because there's the uh, bioluminescent, I guess it's plankton. So things literally just light up. So that's super magical. But then otherwise, you can only see where your headlamp is pointed. And so I think if you're really good at it, I guess you know where to direct your headlamp. But I'm sitting there thinking there could be a turtle right next to me and I can't see it because it's pitch black. (laughs) 
Whereas like when it's when you have, when it's sunny and you have amazing visibility, you can just turn your head every which way and you're like, there's a shark, there's a turtle, there's a ray. So I'm pretty into the daytime dives, but it was cool to do. And I was proud of myself that we had very limited hours and I fit in a dive. I'm like, yeah, we flew down to Key Largo, taught a workshop and then I went scuba diving. It was a great gig. That was a badass move. That was a badass bitch move. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know that it was, but I'm glad you think so. In my mind, it was. (laughs) So, Matt, have you scuba dived? No, I have not. Uh, And I I get the appeal. I would like to do it, but I I am with you that like not seeing the bottom or being in the dark. No, but if you do a daytime dive, you can see everything. That's actually the good part. So I would be into that. Yeah, because like when you're just swimming, you can't. But when you're diving, like you're one with the fish. You know what I'm saying? Like you can look around. You can see everything. Sorry. I'm having trouble with the connection. Oh my gosh, guys, do you hear this? Siri's talking I to do. me. I did not I did not even touch my fucking demon phone and Siri started talking she, to me. She is a demon. She's having trouble with the connection. Yeah, yeah. We, we are too, Siri. Siri, you yeah. know why you're having trouble on the connection? Because you're on fucking airplane mode. I'm sorry, guys. Did you not know we're reformatting the show? Two girls, one podcast, one Siri. Uh, she is now Matt, your co-host. You could do s- Three girls, you one could podcast. Do so one much AI. better than that. I want you to try again. <laughs> Three girls, one podcast. There Three you girls. go. Speaking of this podcast, uh, what the hell are we talking about today? I don't I even don't know, know the topic of the show. Hey, Matt, we were keeping it clean, okay? We were trying to keep it clean for like a hot second before we talk about porn, which is today's topic. <laughs> oh, got it. So, but to- <laughs> you, you ease them in with scuba diving and turtles, and then you, you nail them with the porn. Nail yeah, them. There's a bunch of euphemisms. That's what happens yeah, in porn. For porn. <laughs> Guys, I was talking about porn the whole time. Deep water dive. What do you think that's about? Sharks, turtles, dicks, turtles, <laughs> shark <buttholes>. dicks. <laughs> There's a whole code I have no idea. I've, I've been out of the game for a long time. The dating. Yeah. Game. What do you What do you think happens uh, when you get certified? Yeah. <laughs> have you seen the Little Mermaid? Isn't there like that crazy sex reference in it at the end when she's getting married? Yeah. You know yeah. 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 About. There's like a dick cloud or something or castle. Yeah. <laughs> like the the priest writes like yeah. sex in the air. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, Jen, you want to wow. tell them okay. what's happening today? No, no, that's I in do. Lion King, but yes, 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 yes. Okay. Uh, we are reinventing porn today. So you definitely want to stick around. This is going to be, it's not about shark dicks either. But Jen we're and reinv- I are personally reinventing porn today. <laughs> we're speaking with a woman, Michelle Schneidman, who started a website called Balesa.co, where she is making porn that is by women. Uh, catered more to women, although I'm sure it's really for any audience. But I think the idea is to take porn away from this traditional idea of like women being an object that's meant for the lusting of by men or something like that, <laughs> like from the male gaze. Um, so check it out, balesa.com. The male gaze. The male gaze. The academic I just term like got taken back to like, yeah, feminism yeah. 101. Yeah. <laughs> um, I flashbacks yeah, so- to college. Mm hmm. <laughs> So who's ready to watch some porn? What? <laughs> before, before we all watch some porn together, uh, let's. I do already some got trivia. started. Is that weird? Uh, I mean, no, you know, no, you're proactive. It's fine. Yeah. You're great. You're getting ahead of the game. Cool. I like it. So, it might um, help you with. It, it might help you with today's trivia. Wonderful. I'm ready. Let's hear it. I I actually did know the topic of today's show. I, I kind of I kind of faked it when I said, "Hey, I don't I don't know what's happening." You're just trying to be a good husband. Pretend. Oh, (laughs) faked it as sexual. All right, guys. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Today's show is about porn, and today's trivia is about porn. Uh, It's a pretty simple question: Which popular sitcom has been the subject of an award-nominated porn parody? What? I'm so excited to hear these titles. You all ready for this? Me too. Yeah, Yeah. I'm ready for this. These are all shows we know and love. A. Seinfeld. B, 30 Rock, or C, The Golden Girls? Oh. Oh, I thought you were going to say the porn spinoff name, and I got so excited. Like, <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to be like, which one of these is true? The like Golden Dorothy Snatch. does Rose. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly, well, exactly. When we identify the correct answer, I can give you uh, the title or titles. Okay, well, so but I was who... hoping I was hoping that also Matt was like making up porn titles. I couldn't uh, wait. This good. is such a that letdown. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> what award did they win? Uh, Ooh, well, the nice, correct nice answer. Slipping. Yeah, hey, the correct hey, answer. Yeah. Th- these are nominated for multiple um, AVN awards, which is the uh, 
adult video something network. I, network. I don't know what that. Yeah, uh, but it's. I'm I assuming guess that's like not the that I'm an conference. expert. Right, there's a big conference and and trade show about around this stuff, and I think they do awards a la the Academy Awards. Best I'm going actor, with Golden Girls. Screenplay. It's got to be Golden right. Girls. We love Golden. I'm girls. going with Golden Girls. Yeah, me Who too. Love Golden Girls. From okay, Golden Girls. Too too firm on answer C. Golden Girls. We will find out the correct yeah. answer after the break. We want to tell you fools about another Lady Duo podcast. That's right, Kelly and Lindsay. Yes, Lady Duos. They have a podcast called Teen Creeps, and it brings me back. Does it bring you back, Allie? Because it definitely brings me back to R.L. Stein. Way back, because all they do is talk about young adult uh, novels. What is your so, most... And it's like pre-internet, so it really brings me back. What's your most memorable young adult novel? I mean, I'm going to say Harry Potter, even though I was already an adult. Okay. Oh, otherwise, I would say uh, like uh, Judy Bloom, all the Judy Bloom books. Yeah. Are you there? Got okay. it's me, Margaret. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I. Oh my God. That was actually my favorite. I would hide that under my bed to like disguise how much I was reading it. I think I just read it over and over and over again. Wait, um, why did you have to disguise it? Read your parents encourage reading. You're good. They should, but it was like the same book. I thought they would think it was weird i don't know but there was one book i think it was by rl stein called cheerleader that i definitely uh-huh. should not have read as a kid i don't know if they've covered it on it's team creeps so it was about there was this one scene matt you can cue the suspenseful music so there were these really vindictive cheerleaders and they're out to get this one girl and the girl after cheerleading practice went into the locker room she got in the shower it was a shower with a door not a curtain and somehow the other girls like rigged it so it filled up with water and she was scalded to death. I never uh, forgot that. Yeah, that's really fucked up. How that's is not that for children. Book? No, I know. it's not. I, know. I agree. And Jen has never showered since. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I actually did take baths for a really long time after that. <laughs> wow. You know what else I want to see them do? There's this series that I was obsessed with as a kid called Half Magic, and I've never spoken to anyone who knows about it. And sometimes I feel okay. like maybe I made it up, but I didn't. I think it's a British series, maybe. But like they have this talisman, this like magic talisman, and they're like one adventures, and it was incredible. So Half Magic. Half Magic, you know y'all. We have the internet now. I should Google that. I was going to say, this, how no. do you not know? I can't figure this out. Thanks well, for guys. inspiring me, teen creeps. <laughs> So you should get all of your young adult Pulp Fiction reviews from Teen Creeps because we really enjoy it. You can go to teencreepspod.com. They have new episodes every single Wednesday. And uh, you can also find them, I believe, wherever you can get your favorite podcast. And now the real product description for Arthur Crocheted Cannon. Three words that have absolutely no connection to one another. That is, until they appear on a website known as Etsy.com. Someone send a dick in a box. These adorable, to a certain extent, stuffed, plush, and crocheted penises are handmade and are for display, gentle cuddling, and play. A convenient loop allows you to proudly exhibit your jutting cannon on any flat surface with a hook. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. This particular crochet can is six inches long, depending on the day and how squished it gets during shipping. Various shades of teal and white, and named Arthur. Arthur is a British flight attendant who is excessively enthusiastic about Toblerones. Arthur thinks you and everything about you are brilliant, and is a top-rated player of the game Yellow Car. Whatever you do, do not let Arthur cook for you. All crocheted cannons are made with various donated, upcycled yarn remnants. No idea what some of these yarns are made of. Uh, and stuffed with polyfill polyester stuffing for external use only you weirdos is it a penis is it a cannon we don't know what's a cannon is is that british mm-hmm. slang or something it, see it could be it could it's yeah it could be like a word in porn like everything we're saying right now on this podcast is euphemism so uh, i think yeah 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 all right who's ready for the trivia answer <laughs> okay. No, nobody. Um, I'll hear it. It's Golden Girls. I'm ready. Though. I'm ready. Yeah, it's definitely Golden if Girls. If it's not Golden Girls, I'm going to make an award winning Golden Girls porn parody. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're due Thank for Thank you for one. inspiring right. me today. Dare to dream. 
the question was, which popular sitcom has been the subject of an award-nominated porn parody? Your choices were A, Seinfeld, B, 30 Rock, or C, the answer you both chose with decisive confidence was The Golden Girls. Yes. The correct answer is all of them. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. That was a trick fucking question. You, there was not a D, all of the above. It's we have allowed because you get it right. You guys get no, it. You win. Why in, why in the porn episode was there no option D? All right. Does that mean we get the Trader Joe's gift card? <sighs> that was not in the terms of service this week. <laughs> it's okay. I know. Like, you are not Trader Joe. It's like, you're not the wizard. It's, like, we're I just think going it's through always you. in the terms of service. <laughs> okay. Can you please Here's, tell us the titles of these porns? Yeah. Please. Well, so the, the the backstory here is that one uh, Canadian porn director whose name is Leroy Ma- uh, Leroy Myers. Excuse me. They have me. porn in Canada. Uh, fish. Okay. News to me. Just checking. Uh, they he is known for this. He is known for parodies uh, around popular culture and sitcoms. So he's done a ton of these, and many of them, especially the Seinfeld, they're all called like Seinfeld colon uh, an XXX parody. Like there's no good <laughs> names for these. They're just called the name of the parody. I want to um, hear one the- called Seinfeld's colon. <laughs> Yeah, like so, why? <laughs> why do they not have fun names? I know that's a missed opportunity. But the Seinfeld one is based on the Soup Nazi episode, apparently. Yeah, wait, how, why, why isn't there like Seinfeld, Cream and Kramer? Like, there's there's so many possible puns that Kramer. are being missed here. Like, just. Well, let's get uh, let's get Leroy Myers on the show and uh, give him some give him some freebies. Leroy, if you're listening, please get in touch. Or if you know Leroy, <laughs> let us know. Oh, freebies. Wait, so quote, none unquote. of them are good titles? No, they're all literally just like 30 Rock colon the XXX parody, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Okay, so Golden Girls, there was no Blanche what does like nothing. That doesn't make Sadly, okay. sadly no. Did did I tell you guys this winter that in San Francisco the big annual thing that everyone does is they go to the Golden Girls Drag Spectacular and it was spectacular. <laughs> I knew about it. I knew you were a special onesie for the occasion. I did. Golden <laughs> Girls, like at once you see it as a drag show, you're like, this makes so much sense. They don't mm-hmm. even they don't rewrite a word of dialogue. They just do the Christmas episodes. <laughs> As and drag, it, and it's like, what? What does that element bring to it? Like, is it hilarious? It's just, like, it's yeah. just like, it's just like heartwarming and absurd, and like makes so yeah. much sense as drag queens, and just like seeing a drag queen in Blanche's outfits, just like everything about it makes sense, like everything. Question: I was watching Golden Girls the other night, and it occurred to me I didn't of know course why you they were. <laughs> why, you do. why do they live together? Does anyone mm. know? I'm sure it was explained early on. If you listeners know this, I'd be I, I would really like to know. Well, you know, I think that's how it should work when you're older, right? Like they're they yeah. all seem to have like families in other cities or something. Cause in one of the yeah. Christmas spectaculars, like they all get uh snowed in and they can't make their flights and they're all together instead of with their families. Oh. Well Dorothy's- they're, they're not upset about it. <laughs> Dorothy's mom is Sophia and she lives with them. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's true, that's true. But I, I think thought if you're it, old and like your husbands are dead, you should definitely go hang out together. I think so too. They're just all so different. I love it. I love it. It's it was truly ahead of its time, um, as was the porn parody. So speaking of porn, <laughs> let's, let's talk get to into, our guest. All right, guys, we are super excited to have on the line Michelle Schneidman. Michelle is the CEO of Balesa. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, guys. How are you? Hello. Very good. I'm happy to speak to you guys. Oh, we are psyched. <laughs> <laughs> so in your own words, uh, what is Balesa and why did you create it? Ah, so Balesa is porn for women. Um, what that means is, you know, we created this platform of, of all things sex positivity. So we kind of wanted to change the narrative a little bit, um, you know, surrounding female sexuality. Um, oftentimes there's a stigma associated with it. Um, women, you know, there's a bunch of hurdles where they feel like they can't embrace their sexuality. And we really wanted to flip that on its head. So we created um, Balesa to, you know, provide women with a platform where they could explore that sexuality, where they can, um, you know, watch porn that feels um, empowering to that, where it feels 
feels like it was made for them. They feel comfortable on the platform. Um, and so that's what we did. And the content, it's not just videos. Can you talk about like what else is on the site? Yeah, absolutely. So so when we built Balesa, we kind of, you know, we wanted to look at what is female sexuality. Um, porn traditionally has been made by men for men. And so it obviously reflects that. And so when we did a bunch of research, we learned that um, women kind of engage with content differently. Um, they want to they want to empathize with it more, of course. And so when we really, you know, took that down, we realized women are really interested in reading content. It's a kind of way that they, you know, some people um, either don't like or aren't ready to engage with um, video content. So, so by having erotic fiction, um, you know, erotica for women, it's a different way for women to to really explore that, where they can kind of like project themselves into the scenes and use their imagination more. Um, so that's been really really cool for us. So there's there's erotica, and we also have our collective, which is kind of a blog, and it's just a, as well it's a platform of all things sex positivity. So we talk about um, you know culture stuff, feminist stuff, all things um, sex positive. It really echoes um, our our voice and our company mission. This is a basic question, but um, just if people aren't familiar with it, what does it mean to be sex positive? Uh, it kind of changes depending on who you're speaking to. <laughs> if you ask okay. me, um, being sex positive just be- means being completely um, and entirely non-judgmental of whatever people want to be doing, as long as it's consensual and safe amongst adults. Um, so a big misconception is that people, you know, when you say sex positive, they think that means like, oh, she's this highly sexual woman who's having all the sex all the time. And that's really not what it means. You could be sex positive and you could really not be having a lot of sex, but it's kind of just the way that, that you look at sex. There's no shame around it. There's no slut shaming. Um, it just means that you and you allow everyone around you to do as they please. So what led you specifically to want to create a site for women? Um, so this was a couple of years ago. I was kind of just looking around at the industry, looking around, um, you know, at what the options for women are when it comes to adult entertainment. And I found myself to be kind of shocked at, at how limited um, the options were, um, given that women are, you know, 50% of the population. And I found that none of the content was created with, with women in mind. It was all, you know, porn traditionally is created by men for men. And I felt the whole experience to be very alienating. Um, so, you know, when you sign on to to one of these sites, it's just, you're kind of hit with these messages and these titles and these, um, you know, these images that kind of just don't speak to women. And so I thought, um, you know, what if we could build a platform that welcomed women, that made them feel empowered and not uh, you know, ashamed or like they have to clear their browser history after they watch porn is something that we've heard a lot. Um, so we really wanted to to change people's feelings about porn. I would love to hear a little bit more about how female-focused porn made by women for women differs from male-focused porn? Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, everyone's talking now, like, what is porn for women? To me, it means porn that's made with women in mind. So we have, with Balesa Productions, we're using female directors. Um, we're kind of changing the narrative, whereas in in regular porn, mainstream porn traditionally, it's been kind of catered to the male gaze. And so that means you're seeing a lot more um, of, of the female body where you have these kind of typical porn personas, which which is nothing wrong with them, but we wanted to show a different side where it's not all these um, like huge busted women with with blonde hair and, and long nails. We wanted to show something that was a little bit more relatable with natural bodies, uh, where you see female pleasure. So that's at the forefront. That's the focus. Um, you know, a lot of the time in, in mainstream porn, uh, the woman is just having this screaming orgasm. No one's touched any clitoris at any point, and it's just a little bit <laughs> the unrealistic. Clitoris, where is that? <laughs> what is that? Yeah, that's it. And and in porn, also you're seeing. Um, we like to call it these uh, humping torsos, right? Because when men are watching porn, they don't really, um, heterosexual men don't really want to see the the male body. So they want to see just the women from their point of view. So you really don't see um, the male, you know, his facial expressions. You don't hear anything from him. You don't get any of that. Um, you just see it from his point of view. So with our porn, you'll see more of like the male expression. You'll hear his moaning, which is something that women do want to hear in porn. So speaking of Balesa Productions, we did hear that about a year ago, there was a lot of criticism around potential piracy concerns with Balesa and that then you pivoted to having your own production studio. So we'd love to hear about that. So what happened one year ago? Sure, absolutely. So it was about a year ago today, actually, it was September last year. Um, what happened really is we launched Balesa as a platform that we wanted to be accessible, as accessible as possible um, for women. So, you know, we saw a whole area of women 
women that were open to engaging with pornography, but weren't able to do so because they didn't feel they had a platform that, that spoke to them or that was accessible enough. So for us, this was a huge part of, of building Bless. It was making it so accessible that anyone can engage with it and women can feel empowered by it. And yeah, so what happened was we kind of grew very quickly, which is a blessing, but it was a little bit too quickly because we kind of lost control of being able to monitor what was actually going on the site. So we launched it where women would, we kind of wanted to give the the keys of our queendom, we say, to, to our users because they know what content they like. So they were uploading it. And then it got to a point where content was being uploaded at a faster rate that we were able to control. And so what happened last year is um, we had a really nice glowing review. <laughs> it was a Bustle article that kind of came out and, and people caught wind of it. And a lot of industry folks saw it and they were kind of like, I like what you're doing, but I don't understand how you can claim to be female empowering when there's I found stolen content um, that was uploaded to your website. So while we were never hosting any of the content, we did provide a platform where pirated content had been uploaded. And so when this came to our attention, it was kind of a... I don't know how to, it was, it was awful because I felt like we were so focused on, on our mission and what we were doing. And we had this huge, huge blind spot where we were literally disempowering um, a whole area of women that we were aiming to empower. And so we took it really, really seriously. It was a really rough um, few days when this kind of came to being. And immediately we took down our, our entire video section because it just wasn't in line with who we are or our morals, our mission of what we were aiming to do. So we said, okay, we have to, we have to take this down until we could figure out um, what's next, you know, how, how to proceed in a way that's that's in line with who we are. So that's what we did. We, we kind of took everything down. We, we issued a, a very sincere apology for anyone that, that we that felt disempowered by what we did. Michelle, can you clarify for our listeners and maybe myself uh, the difference between uh, content that is uploaded to Balesa? Is that what was happening or were people just sharing links to outside content? So what was the issue there? Just how it works, so you guys understand all the when it's an upload um, platform, all of the content comes from places where it's already been uploaded. So basically, pirated content was being uploaded to these bigger um, tube sites, and then they were taking that content and putting it on Balesa. So it's like if someone uploads something to YouTube that's not meant to be on YouTube, and then they post it on a blog. It should be YouTube that takes down the content. But what we found is that these bigger tube sites don't care whatsoever. So we realized the onus was kind of on us to, to really monitor it. So so as it stands now, um, no one can upload content to Bless. It's, it's all done internally and, and between partnerships. So Michelle, you said that you are partnering with production studios now. Uh, what's that process in terms of finding production studios that perf- that um, support this feminist angle? Yeah. So so what happened after we kind of issued this apology and, and we said we're, we're working to be better. Um, if you're open to working with us, we would love that. If it's too little, too late, we get it. Um, and the response was really overwhelmingly positive. So what we found is, um, first of all, many people just wanted it to be a teachable moment, which I think it was. The other result of that was that we had our inboxes overflowing for the next uh, couple of days and weeks of cool um, female uh, directors, producers who just wanted to work with us because they liked the mission and they wanted to be part of it. They just wanted it to be done in the right way. And so what we've done is we've launched um, Balesa Productions where we have um, a partner and we've just started shooting our content um, in LA and that will be coming to you guys very soon. I would love to get a little bit more into the things that women tend to prefer. I don't know, like the research you've done or the things that you're making. Are there certain kinds of fantasies that are portrayed or things like that? <laughs> yeah. So, well, a big misconception for um, when people say porn for women is that women always want to be watching this like soft, vanilla, um, kind of like piano music um, porn, which we found is so not the case. I mean, some women do like that and that's great. We have some of that on Balesa, but we found that women really do enjoy um, rougher content. They just want it to be done in a way that the woman is is paid attention to in the video where she's central, where her, her pleasure is um, pivotal to the video. Um, so that's one misconception. Um, other things we found interesting, I think I mentioned to you, Jen, the other day was that um, people's porn habits are are very much um, not aligned with, with what they want in real life or what they actually do in real life. Um, so for example, uh, many women like to be watching guy on guy porn, which, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes I mean, sense to me. I don't want to see another woman i just want to see dudes naked right and that kind of goes hand in hand with what we were saying before where like traditional porn doesn't show the dudes and that's what was missing so sometimes like even if you're you can't really picture yourself in the scene if you're seeing guy guy porn you're really getting this kind of like primal experience where it's like men on men on man and and a lot of women like that 
Another thing we found was that a lot of women who identify as heterosexual um, really like to watch um, girl on girl porn, and and this is really interesting. And we've we've actually called it um, girl on girl porn on, on Balesa, and we didn't call it lesbian because of that, because we don't have to put people in boxes. Because what you like to watch is not necessarily how you identify. What is this myth about women being less sexual than men? <laughs> because it's just yeah. not true. Yeah. It's such garbage. It's such garbage. It just comes from a lot of, um, you know, it starts young with this, these messages that we get where we're supposed to repress our sexuality. For men, you know, even w- when you're young, it's like talking about masturbation, they don't even, it doesn't even have to be a conversation because it's just so um, expected and natural. Like, yeah, of course, all men masturbate and all men watch porn. Um, and then it goes hand in hand with the narrative about, um, you know, the, the more girls you get, the, the bigger boss you are, you're a player where the narrative for women is so different and it's it's so negative and you get slut shamed. And um, I think all of that contributes to how we see sexuality. And so we feel this kind of negative stigma and maybe it prohibits women from, from feeling like they should be exploring that and they should be celebrating that. I could not agree more. And because this podcast, people are always asking me about my various fetishes and I don't know. And I feel like I should know, but I feel like it's because guys are encouraged to find out from the day they pop out of the vagina and women are told not to. I also think the more you explore, the more you find, obviously, I mean, throughout life, there are just so many different fetishes probably that come in and out at different times in your life as well. Yeah, no, I think it's good that I don't know yet because I can, there's still so many things for me to discover. Like, I'm not going to get bored, you know? Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree. I mean, even with porn, like sometimes you don't know you like it until you see it and you're like, oh, that kind of does it for me. And it's just about exploring and, and, you know, broadening um, what you know about yourself. Yeah. And I guess boys are told to go watch it. Oh. Yeah, and they also they also just typically start at a younger age. The narrative's different. There's there's a million reasons that go into it. Um, so what we really want to do is is to try to bring a whole. We have people on Balesa who have been watching porn and maybe you know they convert to Balesa because they like the experience better. But but a huge part of our market is people who um, women who haven't been watching porn before, and so they finally have a place where they feel like they could do that. So they're often starting from square one. You know what I mean? So I was reading a lot about porn this week uh, and I wanted your opinion so I was reading a lot about VR porn which is really interesting because it puts the viewer as you're like the subject and so the uh, performers are able to make eye contact with you and whisper in your ear which I thought was so crazy Um, I think there's a larger problem with VR in the sense that like until everybody has a headset it's kind of difficult to create content for it. But uh, are you exploring that? And then similarly, uh, I was reading about just audio porn where like for women, it's about like imagining any man, but like having them say things to you. So straight yeah. up. I, uh, yeah, I was wondering if you were exploring either of those avenues. So we're very much exploring both. Um, in terms of VR porn, we definitely see a trend um, going that way. But I think we're a little ways away in terms of, you know, getting it down to perfection. And then in terms of women engaging with it, I think that might even happen a step later than, than men. Um, in terms of audio, that's something we're exploring um, a lot sooner because we've had a lot of uh, requests for it, a lot of demand for it. Um, so we're actually working on getting um, some of our erotic fiction to be, to be available on audio. And how are you um, sourcing or not sourcing, but sort of deciding on the content, like you how, how you were saying that you d- realize that girl on girl porn is popular, also among heterosexual women. So, how are you like fulfilling the different niches and interests? Are people reaching out to you? Have you heard from the trans community? Yeah, so we've had a very open dialogue um, since day one with, with our community. So we kind of, when we hear something, we respond to it. Um, we've also done a ton of research, so it's kind of mixed between a science and an art. Um, as we continue to grow, uh, you mentioned trans community. We're we're going to be branching out. We're we have different um, different pr- parts of uh, Balesa production that focus more on, on niche communities. So Michelle, you were talking about uh, women perhaps preferring in some of you know the research that you've heard or the people people that you've talked to uh, preferring a realer body type. Um, I'm curious to know you know why you think that is and how we've gotten to this place of just being so fueled by fantasy and porn habits. And then the larger question I'm curious about is if you think if we start to offer both men and women a more realistic view of what bodies look like, if we can 
change the world. (laughs) No big deal. (laughs) You say that, but that's what we're building this based upon. And so what we found is, first of all, why do women want to see more natural bodies? I mean, I think that's what we always would have wanted, but it's just not what we were given because it wasn't an option that we had, right? And so our view on this and what I I truly believe um, in, in my core is that the more that we do this, we kind of change the narrative and we change people's views. And like what we've heard is that, um, you know, a lot of the time women are watching uh, with their partners on Belessa. So it's welcoming different kinds of people onto the platform. And and when they're seeing a kind of sex that looks and sounds and feels more real, it kind of changes people's ideas. Because when you're, you know, if you're, I don't know how old people are when they start watching Pornhub or, or one of these uh, tube sites, but let's say you're a 10 year old boy and you're, and you're seeing this, that's your sex education. So that's, that's what you believe um, sex looks and sounds and feels like, right? So that skews um, perceptions for everybody. Yeah. I was really put off by porn for a really, really long time. And it took a while, like from searching to find like the stuff that actually wasn't so off putting. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> That's the truth, especially with um, these kind of, these kind of uh, tube sites or whatever. If you dig deep enough, you might find some content. It, it'll very likely be um, stolen content, but you could find it. It's right. just going through this experience of seeing all these things that you don't want to be seeing. So it's very abrasive and it, creates a feeling of trespassing on something that's not meant for you, which is a very negative experience, of course. You were saying that, you know, this becomes men's sex education. But if you're creating a site for women, where do men come into play? Because you essentially need men to view this more feminist porn in order to have larger change, right? Yeah. So, I mean, well, when we say feminist porn or porn for women, it's just equal sex where women are um, given 50% of the show, you know, whereas other other times it's just so neglected. And so that's how sex should be. That should be for men and for women. So if that resonates with men, then that's beautiful for us. Are you marketing towards men? No, we're not, we're not marketing towards men and we're going to always be marketing towards women because that's that's where our heart is. That's what our mission is. And, and women have been um, ignored and neglected in this space for so long. And so that's that's really what our goal is. Um, but what I'm saying is that if men you know feel the need to come on the platform or if they want to see what's going on or they're curious what women are watching, then that's nothing but beneficial to us and to, to yeah. society at large. It was just interesting because you said that you know it would help men to see this kind of porn. Like right now, men's introduction to sex is very skewed, right? So it yeah. helped for them to see this kind of porn. So that was just sort of an interesting point yeah, in terms totally. of like, well, we're creating porn for women, but it actually would really benefit men to see it. So exactly maybe we that. could have a porn night for men. You know, um, <laughs> uh, there's, oh no, I'm blanking. Um, Dan Savage does uh, Hump. That yeah, I just went to it. I just went to it in Montreal. It was amazing. Have you been? Yeah, I went to it here in San Francisco. Uh, but so we we should talk to him or something. You you guys partner. Oh, yes, I do. love Dan Savage. He was probably the best porn night. Yeah, and, but everyone will come. I've been listening to Dan Savage for so long. I think he's what really got me going on this um, like sex positive journey. And his podcast is amazing. The Hum Film Fest was amazing. <laughs> now that you're producing some of this content on your own, some of the videos, um, I'm curious about sort of like the industry, the performers. Um, I don't know too much about it, but my thought always like when I see porn on Pornhub, for example, is like uh, I feel I feel like the performers maybe aren't getting like paid a lot for that sort of thing, or like I, it just feels like maybe someone unethical things go on behind mm-hmm, the scenes. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like in, in making these sorts of films, like how, what is that process like for the performers and how is it kept like a, a good, healthy process? Yeah. yeah, totally. So, so first of all, it, it absolutely depends on which studio is, is filming the, the production. You can see something that is, let's say BDSM, where it might look to someone who doesn't understand BDSM or who someone is not that level of sex positivity. Let's say it might look like the woman is, is not uh, consenting or not meant to be there or isn't being treated properly properly, but that's so not the case, especially actually usually with kink or if you're on kink.com or one of these sites, um, consent is at the very, very focus. They often have like interviews at the beginning to say, what are you comfortable with? What are you not comfortable with? That's part of the um, experience. Uh, how is it kept? How's the process kept ethical? Like filming these? It just, you know, from your own point of view, like for the performers to have a, a good, healthy experience for them. Yes. Yeah, so, sorry. So as long as you're working um, with a studio who's, who's paying you properly, who's um, giving you food on set, who's you know, treating you ethically, then there's really not an issue. It's just when the content um, is stolen and uploaded other places, that's when they're kind of robbed. But people's perceptions of, of porn in general um, being degrading to women is is not fair because I think it comes from a sex negative place where people just assume that women are being taken advantage of and they don't really want to be there. And people have this um, almost this like toxic uh, viewpoint of people in the industry and of women um, specifically where they're, you know, they think porn, porn actors are these 
damaged or, or disempowered women. And the more that I've been doing this and I've gotten deeper and deeper into the industry is what I've learned. That's not the case. Like there's so many women, there's women, there's brilliant women, there's women with PhDs in porn um, who just choose to do this, who love sex, who love exhibitionism and love getting paid to have it. Wait, I got to know about the PhD with the porn. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what's her PhD in? Angela White. What's her PhD in? That's a good question. Uh, <laughs> we'll sociology? <laughs> something like that you gotta look it up but she's awesome (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) she's in one of our upcoming shoots (laughs) i love it so i also wanted to ask you i saw on your site that you make products is that correct yeah of course so so we just launched our balesa boutique uh we just launched it in june so it's still relatively new um but that's been really 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 cool and exciting for us um we wanted to kind of demystify sex toys um so what we found is that you can go to a lot of different um, sex toy stores uh, or websites and people don't know where to start they don't know what to buy what to look for um, especially if you've never owned a sex toy you have no idea what's going on and you're kind of overwhelmed by by everything out there um, so we really wanted to create um, a store that was easy and accessible um, with high quality products and and so that's what we did we launched um the Blessed Boutique, and we have a curation of some really awesome and exclusive sex toys, as well as our own signature Balesa line. Can you tell us about your favorite products? <laughs> Everyone always asks me that. And you know what? My favorite product is the Aurora by Balesa. It's the most, I'd say, basic one, maybe. Um, it's kind of back to basics. It's just a nice G-spot, uh, G-spot stimulating, um, high-quality silicone vibrator. And they're really, really pretty. If you go look at the website, they're kind of this classy. We don't have any um, veiny plastic penises. <laughs> we kind of wanted to offer something that people um, were proud to have, people that, that aren't embarrassed um, to have them. And our sex toys are all um, USB rechargeable, so no batteries. And they're water submersible and premium high-quality silicone. Well, it's time for Jen and I to go buy some products and masturbate, so we'll have to wrap this up here. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you, guys. It was really fun talking to you both. Ali, I'm really curious about what you were bringing up about getting men to consume this kind of porn as well. I think we have some work to do, and I'm willing to do it. I just got to think about how I'm going to do it (laughs) in a way that's not creepy. Yeah, we're going to... We're going to start having porn nights. (laughs) It was interesting because she said that, you know, it could really do so much for men to view it, but the site's not geared towards men, which I get. But it was interesting because I don't, I don't know if she meant to, but she almost, I mean, I felt like she opened up another market where it's like getting men to view this porn. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, men should also like view whatever they like, but sure. But if only one sort of, I mean, there's many types of porn, but if there's only one sort of style and tone of porn out there and that's all men have access to, I don't know. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, because you got to have kind of everybody involved to make changes. I feel like it's the next step that we would bridge, like, you know, what men are interested in, what women are interested in. I'm thinking about gender preferences when it comes to porn and do we even it sounds like it's so individualized what people are into so we can have porn for men we can have porn for women but at some point maybe there will just be sites that is just porn for everyone and i'm really curious to know like what that would look like like maybe it's just like truly like who the subject or object or whatever of it is like maybe everybody becomes equally important in it I don't know. I don't know. But it sounds like maybe like it's not quite as gender specific as we thought. Because I kept trying to get to the idea of like, what is female focused porn? And there are some like kind of specific things that women tend to like overall. But mostly it seems like everybody's just totally individual. Guys. Yes. I have to tell you something. We took a little break after the interview. And actually, uh, I got a very relevant email. I love it when that happens. It is looking for a producer for immersive audio experiences for couples. What does that mean? I think it's audio porn for couples. I think it instructs them on what to do and stuff <gasps> like that. Oh, I like it. That's yeah. sort of fun. Oh my God, I would be so into that. Because as you alluded to earlier in our in a different episode, <laughs> as you talked about in our competitive eating episode and we talked about your top five things to do, you weren't sure if you should include sex or not because it gets boring. <laughs> But if you had no, this, no, like, no. if you if you do it every day, this as is opposed what I'm to as opposed to eating, you have to do every day for survival. I know, I know, like, I know. So I would, you know what I mean. But not to backtrack okay, into on, that on, episode too much. But like to have audio, uh, to have somebody leading you through different things and like a fantasy, that would be so awesome. Send it to me, maybe I'll produce it. 
I, I know, right? No, it seems pretty <laughs> cool. Because, like, for, well, first of all, people should be comfortable talking dirty. But I still, but, like, to have someone, like, tell you what to do next and, like, maybe they'll have you do things that neither of you had ever thought of, that's great. I love it. Well, I that's think it's pretty obvious what we should be doing next. Uh, this is your audition tape. I think you should give it a go hey. and see if you're qualified Hello. on the air. This is where the podcast gets really weird because Matt starts directing us to do sexual things. <laughs> this is... This is where it all went wrong. So, so wrong. <laughs> this is where the lawsuit started. How did we turn this corner? This recording will be I'm in court I'm being shortly. sexually harassed by my producer, but only audio. Only you know audio I mean? harassment. You know, we should make Trader Joe's porn. Do you think they'd sponsor us then? <gasps> Trader Joe's oh, audio porn? Oh, TJ's. I know. <laughs> Chana Masala. <laughs> Here's I'm a taste gonna... of what's coming up on Inside Trader Joe's. <laughs> inside Trader Joe's butthole. Inside, inside you I get it. <laughs> exactly. Did you say inside his butthole? <laughs> I did. I used the word butthole, Guys. which I actually have never said out loud. Yeah. That's fine. I'm, I was taken for away. Lunch, I'm having yeah. the Trader Joe's burrito bowl. <laughs> Hashtag porn. You know what? We should let Belissa know that, like, for me, feminist porn is just—it takes place in Trader Joe's. It's just all about the Trader Joe's. <laughs> it's like, your ultimate fetish. What is new on the fucking shelf? What is new? Because they get new products all the time. I know. And I, like, I know they do. And I like to try new things. <laughs> you know speaking of we actually had someone do a whole post which i didn't really want to talk about but about how sexy they find jen's voice <laughs> oh god did we ever talk about that on this podcast i don't know because no, i think it's like a little bit like ah uh, do we really need to like sexualize everything that right. women say and do even though yes yes listeners i do that to myself i bring it on myself but uh yeah but then we have a listener who loves jen's voice but jen i do think you have a great radio voice oh, my thank voice you, is kind of pitch and annoying thanks for bearing with us everyone stop but you have a beautiful a voice. voice i think I mean, matt I also like has me. an excellent radio voice i'm being voice positive hey, welcome back to two girls with podcast hey not that one well i love doing i love doing my old timey voice my old time voice is really fun for me at least i don't know about anybody else are you guys turned on yet okay cool you know what else you know what else i really like matt always says the same way but i think it sounds really fun we'll find out after the break. After the break. <laughs> <laughs> it's Every very time um, It's very Mark Summers. You guys know Mark Summers. Oh, yeah. He's, he's the master of the pod. Oh my god, I do. We once tweeted at him and he responded. No, no, we had a phone, no, no, we had nice. a phone call and with him, then Jen. We had a phone call with you? his assistant. Do you remember we no. were in upstate New York at that little cabin? I think with him too, but you fangirled what? out in a way that was shocking to me. I was like, uh, okay. I had to like, you were like, ah, and I was like, okay, I clearly have to lead this call because Jen this is not requires, keeping her shit together. This requires a quick backstory. So we were doing our blog logs, our live show, and the theme was nostalgia. And we thought to contact Mark Summers. So we tweeted at him and he responded and he's like, yeah, let's get on the phone. Here's my assistant, blah, blah, blah. So we set up this call. I think he was just his assistant, but I, I don't know. Then we went on this retreat to upstate New York for our theater company at the time. This is a, a number of years ago now. And we got on the phone and yeah, I, I, I flipped my lid. And Jen lost her <laughs> shit. I was so, so surprised. Also, it's not like we were talking to like, I don't know, Ryan Gosling. You were like, ah, I know. We, we just thought that like maybe. And I was like, all right, stop. I'm going to have to take know, over from here. You took control. <laughs> but then he made a video for our show to introduce our show. And uh, he sat at a drum kit because he loves to play the drums in his free time. And he was like, hey, Blog Logs fans. And he like did that cool pause that you can do, Matt. Like with, he has an amazing voice. <laughs> and now I don't know if you guys you know this. You can pause. You do. You know what pause. that was code for, Matt? Don't talk. <laughs> I'm Mark Summers, and we'll watch Blogalogs after the break. Exactly! <laughs> that is my... That is actually porn for me. <laughs> Hearing Mark Summers introduce our show, that's my audio porn. That's cool. I didn't yeah. know you guys had that. That's a, that's a big guess. It's pretty cool. Hey. Yeah. He's hosting Double Dare again. Uh, right. It's coming back. It's oh, back. Everything's coming back. Why can't yeah, we be yeah, original? Yeah. You know what I'd love to hear from our viewers is what you all would like to see in porn without it getting too crazy, but like type like types of things like certain experiences the types of people the types of relationships like fantasies like i'm just curious because i know it is so different for everybody so yeah like what would you like to see that you're not currently seeing and let's Jen get that just started unleashed the hounds i unleashed uh, a beast <laughs> yeah i don't know how do we make porn more egalitarian i don't know i actually took mm -hmm. a tour of the armory here in san francisco right before it closed which is where they used to film porn wow 
I thought what, I would share that story. <laughs> was it still set up like a film studio? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they take you on a tour of the studio. They should tell you what's filmed where. They tell you about uh, their consent policies and everything that goes down and the history of the space. It's really interesting, actually, because before that, George Lucas filmed some scenes in the space. <laughs> and now it's being <laughs> turned into a Soho house, which is kind of sad um but what a life that building has had yeah yeah that that <laughs> building has had a life but it used to be that the tour would end in you watching a live taping of porn but oh, wow. as porn oh something i didn't get to ask her she said she said that they're filming in la and actually uh, i don't know an I don't know enough about this, but basically a lot of porn production houses are moving to, I think, Nevada because the laws are less strict there about porn. And there's something new in California where, like, it's mandatory in porn that you have to wear a condom or something. And a lot of people don't want to do that, which mm -hmm. is interesting. I don't know. There's a whole... Anyway, Michelle, there's come a back. Stuff. You have so many questions. My takeaway from that story is that George Lucas filmed Star Wars porn at the Armory. Is that accurate? <laughs> That's what I took away, um, too. That's it was Wookiee porn, actually. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time Allie orgasms, she makes the Chewbacca noise. That's actually the what, sound like of my orgasm is just... Yeah. <laughs> no judgment. Now we, you've That's put it all it on is. the table, Allie. So it is. I can literally only fuck Star Wars fans. <laughs> oh, you just you just got a lot of tweets. Yeah, it's going to bite you. Oh, Everyone else is horrified. Cool. All right, everybody. Well, guys, well We've said enough. Um, <laughs> you can tweet at us anything you want about Wookiee porn or your own preferences or just about life. Um, I'm at Junebugger. I'm at Allie Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. Jen, you should spell Junebugger for them. What if they don't know? They're know. like J-U-N-E. That's not correct. It's J. I thought about spell it. it. Spell it for them. J spell it. Let them know. I can't spell. Just kidding. It's J-O-O-N-B-U-G-G-E-R. The truth comes out. Jen can't spell. <laughs> That's why I've been avoiding it. Um, you can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you uh, via email, and we especially love to get your phone calls. So you can call us, and that phone number is... 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6548. You can also join our chat server, our Discord server, uh, where people are talking to one another who listen to the podcast and we pop in here and there um that's discord.gg slash 2g1p you cannot google that link or anything so take it away now discord.gg slash 2g1p you can also make a contribution to this podcast if you enjoy it we hope you do and that is patreon.com slash 2g1p or if you don't enjoy it you could still make a contribution we accept all that's true we'll take your hate money <laughs> <laughs> guys we'll still not see you next week but we hope you come back <laughs> bye everyone bye two girls one podcast is hosted by amazon goldberg and jennifer jamula and uploaded directly to Pornhub. i mean edited by matt silverman in new york city production assistance is provided by the additional editing for this episode by logan yuri this show is a production of the daily dot the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. Join us on Discord, discord.gg slash 2G1P. Give us your money on Patreon, patreon.com slash 2G1P. And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we might bring a bowl of chorizo to your house. But probably not. Great news! You can listen to new episodes of Two Girls, One Podcast one week early. What is this source? Just download the free TuneIn app and fire up Two, Two Girls, Girls, One Podcast to get fresh episodes one week before your loser friends. <laughs> your friends are so lame for being one week behind. I know, right? Wait, what's the catch? There's no catch. TuneIn lets you listen to awesome podcasts. Like ours. One week before anywhere else. Absolutely free. Whoa, dude. The next episode of the show is probably already there. Yo, this is some freaky time traveling shit. I'm going to listen to next week's show so I can find out what we're going to say. Technology is weird. The Podglomerate. A sonic universe. You can hang it on your wall like a painting, except it's a crocheted penis.